Hello and welcome to Roto Brits, UK fantasy baseball podcast. This is episode four, and it's our second base preview pod. I'm Peter Pratt, and joining me today, my co-host Ryan Owen. Ryan, how are you? Oh man, I'm great. It's nice to be back. It's um, it's really getting close to the start of everyone's drafts and auctions and you know, keepers and dynasty decisions, and we're right in the epicenter of fantasy baseball kingdom now, aren't we? Yeah, agreed, mate, agreed. Um, and also, uh, pitchers and, and catchers have, have reported, so, you know, it's, it is real now. It's, it's real when you start seeing people throwing balls and pitchers getting hurt, so, you know, you know, you know the season's near. <laughs> this is true, and Astros <laughs> making excuses and, you wow. know, <laughs> wow. all that stuff. It's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest, I, I've tended to stay a little bit away from it, like all of the interviews and, the you know, all of the paraphernalia that's been following that around in the past, what, couple of months, I suppose. Um, but I did, I did actually watch the Carlos Correa interview with uh who was he with yesterday oh he's with uh, ken rosenthal wasn't he yeah it was with ken of course it was yeah um which i thought that was the first real interview i've watched in any depth uh then naturally had to then go back and, and see what what bellinger had been saying mm-hmm. um which was interesting so yeah i mean carlos for me just laid it out there which i liked um i'm not completely convinced of the story in some parts he was saying yeah, um, you know, particularly around this, you know, why is Altuve saying he didn't want his shirt ripped off and stuff? But you know, I think in the main, I think Carlos was came across very genuine in in you know what he was saying and his and the way he backed up Altuve. I thought was interesting, and you know, if I was in his team, I, I that's what I'd like to hear um, for sure. We're, we're gonna, you know, it's a second base. It's preview. an interesting one, isn't it? I mean. I mean, we won't do too much of this sort of Astro stuff, but it it's not that shocking that Correa is defending his teammate, even and and there's a lot of shock and outrage out there, um, and rightly so because what they they are accused of is is horrendous, um, in terms of the sport. But this sort of outrage that Carlos Correa would, even if he he knows in his heart of hearts that he is in the wrong or Altuve and other teammates are in the wrong. It's sort of a natural human instinct to, whether he's right or wrong, to come out and sort of speak like that about. And I think what he was trying to do was sort of make sure that his friend Altuve doesn't get completely defamed. But unfortunately, you know, the accusations that are out there are going to carry with them an element of defamation because, and an element of, you know, your achievements being asterisked. And, and yeah. actually, some of the pictures, you know, apparently... The pitchers are involved in this as well, and it, it, you know, I've wondered as a fantasy baseball analyst, I have wondered for a long time how Justin Verlander completely turned the rot around in his career, and it's starting to feel like, feel like there may now be an explanation as to why my projections were completely off on Verlander for most of the last four yeah. years. That's it. Must have been. <laughs> it must have been that. Um... You're never, you're never this that that far off on projections. Oh, I'm often, I'm often wrong, <laughs> mate. But sometimes you just sort of look at stats and you think, 
I'm something I'm missing. Like sometimes it can just be an anomaly or something. Mm. Something you just think, what on earth is going on? This is absurd. And um, yeah, there might be an explanation for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you might be right. And listen, let's uh, let's not go off uh, off piece on this one and making an Astros uh, an Astros podcast. No. We probably could do a long one on it, I guess. And I'm sure we could have a lot of special guests that want to join us. I tell you, the one thing that is interesting uh, and, and kind of ties into this, and I've seen baseball players and fans mention this on Twitter since, is the, the Man City stuff that's happened this week, where, for those who, who don't know, um, they've, they've been given a, a two-year suspension from, uh, from, from all European competition for the next two seasons, uh, all linked to financial fair play and some irregularities in, uh, in maybe their reporting, let's say, of of incomes, etc. Um, but what it does make you think is, you know, would that be a more suitable punishment for the Astros now? Yeah, you ban know, them it's from hard... the Champions League. Yeah, make sure they yeah. don't play in the Champions League. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no postseason for the Astros for two years, three years, five years. I don't know. I mean, for me, that would truly hurt the organization and the franchise a lot more than a fine. So um, interesting. Yeah. I'm not. If you get me into football financial fair play, this will be a long podcast. So let's yeah. get into let's fantasy move on. baseball. <laughs> let's move on. So second base, we've done standard pitcher, we've done first base. We're now on a second base. Just very, very briefly, because we've we've spent a good five minutes uh, introing everything here. <laughs> um, what? What do you see at second base this year? How deep is it? How excited are you? About this position, um, for me, I feel like it's deep. What do you think? It is. I'm not quite sure it's at the level that shortstop is, which is obviously the other middle infield position. Um, but, you know, this is this is pretty exciting uh, place to find your fantasy gems this year. And um, not just at the top, you know, there's a, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of speed at the position. Um I think there's some power. I'm not sure that there's many guys that are that are going to threaten. Well, we, it depends on the ball again. If it's going to be some sort of uber juiced ball this year, maybe I don't know. But um, I'm not sure there's loads and loads of sort of 30 home run um, skill level hitters here, but certainly 20 plus. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty excited to get stuck into some of these names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's you know, let's not hold back. But you know, firstly. Uh, as we've said right at the outset with this podcast, it's a it's a listener podcast. Um, we'll we'll answer all your questions, and I think what I'm going to do because we've mentioned speed is the first time we've we've had to mention speed thus far. And um, uh, one of the listeners has been in touch on, on Twitter, Alan Witts, who's uh, who's a Marlins fan. Um, so uh, good to hear from you, Alan. Glad glad you're listening. Um, I know he's not uh, he's not a, a pro fantasy player. He's he's probably you know maybe in his second year. But he, the question he's put to us um, are, are whether steals steals and stolen bases are important. And if you haven't got an elite guy, then do you just not bother? Uh, what I think what he means by that is you know do you just try and work the waivers? Um, what are your thoughts on on stolen bases as a category and how to approach it? Um. So, great question, Alan. Um, yeah, thanks for, for getting in on this. Um, I love answering these strategy questions. Um, it really gets to the heart of what we're doing here because we're, we're trying to play and it, and it can be easy to sort of get blinded by 
speed or power or just one element of a player and you know you sort of see a player and you think wow he's he's so quick I just want that player but it it's not just about the one skill um the first thing that you need to do in any of your leagues is sort of understand your format and so the first thing I would say is is on base plus slugging or any elements of total bases or any sort of extra power metrics involved is it a points league anything like that sort of changes the equation a little bit because generally speaking guys that are very very quick and have sort of 30 plus stolen base speed or talent tend to be less good at putting up the ops numbers for you um they 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 often have contact issues um, they often don't have too much power. Um, and, you know, if we went to the extreme examples, we would have guys like in the past, Billy Hamilton, D Gordon, those sort of guys that are not really going to hit 10 home runs. Um, and, no. you know, in terms of the slugging percentage, especially, it's going to be difficult for them to help you out. So just be careful there. Now, if you remove OPS or, or any element of that and you go into a standard league, which is five by five, Average runs, RBIs, home runs, and stolen bases. Stolen bases make up one-fifth of your your points for your hitters. And it's very risky to, to, to ignore that. So speed is absolutely important. But how you go about getting it into your sort of total teams numbers is the interesting sort of part of that because there's more than one way to skin a cat is what i would say and don't skin cats i have two cats i love them (laughs) yeah don't do not skin cats Um, terrible idiom i'm ashamed that i used it actually but um i did sort of (laughs) correct it (laughs) as you know there's no this is a one take only podcast so there's no there's no editing involved here so that's gonna have to stay in so hey ho um okay I think really the interesting part with stolen bases is, um, well, I think in summary what you're saying there is, you know, don't take stolen bases if it's going to negatively impact all the rest of your categories. So, you know, work out what the rules are in your league and, and adjust appropriately, I guess. And, and if you do do that, Pete, then then make up for it in other areas of your roster. So be aware of it. I mean, you know, yeah. Billy Hamilton's a guy that I've, heavily disliked for a long time not on a personal mm-hmm. level i'm sure he's a nice chap but um i would never have especially in ops leagues just completely stay away no power very difficult to, to help you and it would just negatively impact too many areas but but were you to take that guy you know two or three years ago mm. go elsewhere and find guys in other positions that that sort of allay the concerns that you have with that profile if that makes sense yeah, yeah it does um not again not to derail this pod um but just on stolen bases just to round off going into 2020 mate who's your who's your favorite steals guy pure steals guy wow what a question um should have prepped you up for that one no (laughs) well i i mean in terms of just i mean probably trey turner really in in terms of absolute skill level in in terms of batting profile uh, coupled with the fact that he has 40 stolen base speed if not more if he stays health stays healthy so yeah trey turner um would be the guy that i would say okay 
Hey, there's no wrong answers here, mate. Well, I'm... maybe, I mean, Acuna as well, obviously. So that that's, yeah, yeah maybe, kind of, I'll say Acuna and put Turner <laughs> second. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, let's let's plow in fully now into second base, mate. And I, I want to start at the top, uh, if we can. And then I've got a few other um, interesting player comparisons. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead into as well. So, but let's let's start at the top because the reality is, every listener out there will 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 have this decision to make probably. And so I'm interested to see how people go about it. But and we've also talked about the Astros. So Jose Altuve. Um, Firstly, is he still the top second base player in fantasy or has he been surpassed by a another, either Torres or, or Marte? For you, Altuve still the main man at this at this position? Uh, yes, it, it, it is close, though. Um, Altuve is a really interesting guy because he, he obviously has um, an incredible ability to bat for average, although I don't know whether not knowing what pitches are coming will affect that slightly. (laughs) He didn't use the can. Did you hear? He didn't use the can. Oh, he didn't. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Totally clean. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so the buzzer, the buzzer, that's another, sorry. I believe everything Carlos says, sorry, my mistake. Um, so (laughs) He, but he is a guy that doesn't really show the signs that he has super super power. I mean, forgetting the sort of trash can thing um, or buzzer, he he's not a guy that I'm projecting for sort of thirty plus home runs really, and he's not really a guy that I'm expecting to steal more than about ten or twelve bases. So, yeah, OPS leagues again, he carries a lot more value in those formats and because of his batting approach, but. He's not a guy that's worlds away from the competition at second base. And and you mentioned Kettle Marte. Yeah, a guy that probably is going to hit a similar amount of home runs and going to steal a very similar amount of stolen stolen bases. And he's going to hit for a very similar average. So, mm. yeah, I don't know what the difference in ADP is, but two players that you should go and have a look at and just, just consider what you're buying, really, at, at the price that they're going at. Yeah. the The... The interesting one, uh, let's circle, we'll circle back to, to Marte shortly. Just want to finish up on, on Altuve if we can. I think back to last, not last year, the year before. So 2018, leading into that draft, Jose Altuve was, you know, it was one of those years of, are you taking Altuve number one or Trout? You know, it was the Acuna or Trout. Back then in 2018, pretty sure it was the Altuve or Trout. Maybe it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up, but... Um, what, the point is, he was a top five pick projection two years ago. The key question now is, what's changed from 2018 to 2020, Jose Altuve, to then bring him to a third round, you know, around about a third round pick? And if he, now he sits at the third round, is he absolutely awesome value at round three? Uh, no, I, personally, I'm not sure that he is, P. And, and what's changed the main thing that's changed is is he's 30 years old and his his speed isn't translating to stolen bases for whatever reason. Now, he still has some speed. It's not like he's a, suddenly a really slow guy, but he is aging and he doesn't seem to have the green light on the base pads. So 
I, I, he may steal 20 bases again. I personally doubt that that's coming. And so, you know, in 2015, 2016 and 2017, he was over 30. So that that's the main thing. Um, yeah. But like I say, I am also pretty concerned that he's never been a power hitter. And so if he's never really been a power hitter and his speed is on the decline, is that really the sort of profile that you want to invest a high pick in, you know, first three rounds when there are other super talented baseball players that I think have more upside at certain stage of their career? Yeah, fair enough, mate. So we've mentioned Marte just before we get into him, talk to me about Torres, Gleyber Torres, um, who's in a very, very similar projection range, let's say. Um, he was an absolute home run monster in, in 2019 with 38 bombs. Um, is is that sustainable for him? Are you expecting that type of production again? Um, Torres? I think it's fair to expect some sort of regression with Torres. I mean, 38 home runs is is ridiculous. Um, at, at 23 years old, I mean, he he is obviously a very talented individual to to sort of come into the majors and play the way he has done over the last two seasons. Um, doesn't make great contact, but sort of made improvements last year on the year prior. Um, I'm not expecting sort of major regression in general from Torres. I think he's a pretty steady, steady commodity, especially at his age with his health in good shape. Um, but not a, not a steals guy. And, you know, it, don't expect 38 home runs is, is all I would say, because that, you know, that's sort of a very high watermark, I think. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, so what I'm taking from that, mate, when, when I've looked at the, the top three, the power three, however we want to determine it, you know, you're mixed on Altuve, mixed on Torres. Is Cattell Marte, is is he your favourite there at this kind of range, second base? Um, I'm going to assume that as of right now, of those three, Cattell Marte is the sort of lowest in ADP. Um, and if you've got that in front of you, Pete, you can tell me. Um, if he is, then... About um, 10 spots. About 10 spots, give or take, later. He, later okay yeah so i mean again it's all about value it's all about being in that draft room and looking at your sheet and saying listen i've got altuve hitting 300 with 26 home runs and 10 stolen bases and i've got kettle Marte hitting 290 with 26 home runs and 10 stolen bases <laughs> so is 10 points of batting average and by the way you know, batting average is very difficult to project because there's a lot of luck involved. So I would I would always yeah. advise people to project out home runs and stolen bases and trust those project projections more than you trust any sort of ability to predict batting average because you might as well lick your index finger and put it up in the air and hope for the best, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um, so, yeah, if that's the case, if you're looking down at your draft board and you've got two similar players in terms of skills and... One of them's going a lot later. Don't pull mm. the trigger on Altuve. Go elsewhere, wait, and take Marte later. And that's how you build a lot of value into a fantasy baseball team. Yeah, that is very, very sound advice. Um, however, the the follow up to that is is you know is it for real? Because I look back at, at Marte's career pre-2019 
And for me, it looks drastically different to the season I saw in 2019. So yeah. for me, I'm absolutely petrified that that isn't for real and sustainable. And for those reasons, Marte slots in into the bust, the P-Prat bust roster neatly into second base. I am, I am going nowhere near him. Um, if I'm honest, I'd, um... really okay. So the first thing I would do with you, Pete. I mean, I appreciate it, but I don't... his contact percentage has been steadily outstanding throughout his career. So that I mean, his numbers may have changed drastically last season, but there's a skill that's actually been steady with Kettle Marte, and that's the amount of contact that he makes. And he makes good contact. Like he was making hard contact in 2018. And just didn't quite see the the fruits of his labor, you know, in terms of his batting average. He hit 260 mm. in 2018. Sure, hitting 329 last season's unbelievable, but I wouldn't expect that. But I think this is a guy that can flirt with 300 at the very least because that yeah. skill is there. And it's been there even when the numbers haven't been. Um, there was growth last year, but he's 26. <laughs> I mean... You, you know, prospects... Prime, prime now. He's into his yeah. prime, I'd say. Right. There's a, there's a phrase that gets used in fantasy baseball community where they say prospect growth is not linear, you know? It's like, yeah. don't always expect it to be a straight path upwards where they sort of go 10 home runs, 16 home runs, 20 home runs, 30 home runs. It's not always like that. There's bumps along the way. It takes time. There's injuries. There's There's adjustments. It feels to me like this is a guy that has made some very good adjustments and I'm not betting against him doing something very similar again. I think he's yeah. a good player. Okay. Well one of us one of us will probably be right and one of us will be very wrong. Um time will tell. Time will tell on that one. But I I completely agree or I can understand your logic. I'm just very skeptical. So yeah. We will see. But you think it's the name? Let's keep this, it rolling, this is an mate. Like I said, go on quickly, quickly before you move me on. Is, do you think it's the name? Do you think it's the fact that Kettle Marte is not a? Because it's an interesting point. You know, you say Altuve and you say Correa and you, you know these names that everyone's heard of. Do you do you, do you think there's any element that that sneaks into your thinking and puts you off? It's possible, and in in reality, I've barely watched any. Diamondbacks baseball other than when the Marlins play them. So my own eyes, I'm I'm not it's not the eye test for Marte. I'm not scared based on what I see in terms of when I'm watching him play. So that's the only reservation I have. Um normally I try to make an assessment of a player just by watching them and then get a feel for what they're like and then try and apply the science to it and some stats and, you know, you come to some sort of assumption or conclusion on it. We're so, going to get you watching some uh, D-backs baseball this year. You're going to love that kid. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, because he's in my bust roster, then I will be watching. I'll be paying nice. close attention to him for sure. So you're right, though, mate. He doesn't have the allure going back to last, <laughs> last episode, mate. The name isn't as big. Yeah. And it isn't as big because really... He's been around for quite a few years, give or take. He's only 26, but he's been up in the major leagues for you know four years, and he hasn't done it before. 
now he has. Question is, can you do it again? And if he does it again, great. He'll be a good fourth round pick for sure. My fear is he may look. You may look back and go, "No, that was silly." Nice. But you know, time will tell, mate. Let's let's keep it rolling, though, mate. If we can. Yep. Let's uh, do it. We've we've got a ton. You know what? What I think is this this position is deep. Really, what I'm getting a sense of straight away is the top heavy element to it. We're a little bit, you know, there's question marks. Let's say. So let's let's go a little bit deeper, mate. And let's go into another listener question, actually. It's Brent Bentley, um, who I mean, I think I'm in a few leagues with, actually. Uh, he may even be in our dynasty league, actually, Brent. So, um, you know, thanks for, thanks for the question. This one is around Keston Hura. Um, but what he's asking is, is this the season or is this his season where he has a one Soto boost where next year will be we'll be talking about him as a first or second round pick. Um, so I think basically what he's saying is, is he going to kick on and become, you know, that type of player that maybe we saw in, in half a season last year. So really mate, are you buying the half a season or not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He sounds like a, your type of player, mate. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I, I love Keston Hiora. Um, I think this is a really exciting player. I mean, <laughs> what did he do last season? I mean, yeah, it's half a season. So you're quite right. Be skeptical. It's half a season. It's not many at-bats. It's not a huge sample size. About half season, 314 ABs, uh, 19 dingers with nine steals. A um, little mm. bit of a K to walk issue. He walked about one time for every four strikeouts. So that is problematic. But he over he hit hit over 300. So, yeah, he did great. But, you know, what else did Hiura do? He he backed it up with skills. His contact percentage, as we've just mentioned with the walk to Ks, is not ideal. But he hits a nice amount of fly balls. Um, he has pretty damn good power for a 23-year-old kid. Um, and I think it's power that is legitimately in the sort of, you know, Gleyber Torres mold. It, it's, it's there and it's real. And... He does have a, a not loads of speed, but enough speed to steal a few bags and help you out in that category as well. And sometimes you find with a player like this, even if they're not that speedy, when these teams have an opportunity to get them in the lineup, they sort of just use their youth. And, and you know, that's when you get a 20 plus home runs, um, a 20 plus steal season out of a guy that really isn't sort of possessing that sort of speed. Um Hiura, I I like him. I you know I I think you can sense my excitement. Um, yeah, yeah. Around this guy, so yeah. I I thought the same. I knew when I when I saw this question, I thought Ryan is gonna love this guy. Um, I, I don't know what's not to like. No, quite true. frankly, I mean the contact. The contact is an issue, but he because he he hits it hard when he does make contact, and he hits it far. <laughs> um, it sort of makes up for that, and it, you know, very exciting guy. Are you are you happy with the price tag of back end round four, early round five, as in a, a kind of forty seven to fifty range? Maybe. Yeah. You okay yeah. with that? Yeah, I am. Um, and it, it, again, it all depends on how the value unfolds on the day for you at the draft. Yeah. 
um, and who falls and and who's there. But yeah, it's not um, it's not a silly price tag for for a guy that talented. Yeah, full year project ahead. So going back to Brent's question, full year you he does you know it's a forty home run. You just we double his stats: forty home runs, no, twenty you steals. Got, you got to be careful with that. I mean, you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. So just, just uh, yeah. Just I know what you're saying. Now. Yeah, it sort of suggests that he could hit forty and steal twenty. I would never project that because you're sort of projecting out. It doesn't really, you know, maths doesn't work like that really. But um, well, if you double it, it you know that does work like that. <laughs> don't double it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? um, okay. So, then. Yeah, you get the home runs, twenty but steals. Yeah, he, certainly has, he certainly has thirty home run power. I would, I would say. Um, yeah, he, he's exciting. Yeah. All right, mate. Good. I knew you'd like him. I like him too. Uh, you know, I think that's fair. I think a lot of people like him. Um, and I think really the question is: is are you are you going to pick up a guy a four? You know, bottom end of the fourth that really is projecting up as a first rounder. And so, you know, come back to your value point, are you getting huge value out of, out of Keston? And I think you probably are. So, you know, don't shy away from him. Um, someone else I wanted to cover. Uh, this isn't from the listeners. It's just me because 2018, I picked up, I made a waiver claim, picked up with Merrifield uh, along the way. And he, he, Going back to stolen bases, I, in, in that that team I had had absolutely no stolen bases at all. Picked up with Merrifield, it absolutely propelled me uh, to that to that league championship. Actually, so he was a huge waiver wire darling in 2018. Pretty sure he won a lot of people some leagues. Um, but what do you? Where do you stand on on wit? I mean, really. Most things stat line wise were were similar, other than the stolen bases. And obviously, he was drafted last year at a at a you know a high ADP, with the view that you were going to get forty five to fifty steals. You didn't. You got twenty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you any idea what changed there? Because I don't actually know the answer. I don't watch it. Didn't see a ton of ton of them playing. So, what yeah, what he- happened? And what can we expect? He's he's definitely um, a guy I'm a little concerned about because so much of the value does come from the steals. Um, he's been quite a durable guy, um, a lot of at-bats in recent seasons, but when he, when he stole 45 for a start, that happened over 707 plate appearances, which is, you know, about as full a season as anyone could play it. Uh, I don't think the Royals have anyone else. They would have like after they would have had to ask like ask Whit Merrifield's grandma to come along and like play second base. You know, like there's there's nothing going on there. So um, they just sort of let him play 707 play appearances, and he stole 45. That's a good sort of point to say. Don't then project that the guy's gonna steal 40 again. So the, I mean, I'm not looking at my projections for him last season, but they would have been nowhere near 45. They would have been like you know, 30 at most, I would have thought, because you're going mm-hmm. conservative. Um, but he's 31 years old. You know, he he's um he's bound to regress in terms, you know, you don't you, you can't 
Nelson Cruz can remain a power hitter till he's 39, but Whit Merrifield is not going to be stealing 30-plus bases until he's 34. You know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. This is a this is a very physical game, especially once you're on the base pads. Then, you, you know, you, you do... You need to keep it up physically, and, and you need to keep it in the legs. I'm, I am concerned about him in that regard. Um, he has some reasonable power, um, but again, not great power. Um, it's just these speed guys, man, you know, over 30. I, I'm not sure that I can uh, really get behind it too much at his ADP. No. Well, really, if, if the steals stay the same i.e. in and around that 20 range and the, and the rest of the stats are the same. Um, he basically becomes Ahmed Rosario, which is going around about 100 picks later. Um, so, you know. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to respond? <laughs> you can. I've got, you can. Uh, I, love, I love the certainty with which I, like you've just compared two guys and you've, you've just said it. There's no question. It's like, he is Ahmed Rosario. It's not a bad comp. But I'll just say that <laughs> Whit Merrifield definitely has more. There's a bit more power in his bat than Ahmed, and Ahmed, he's he's not a power hitter, and he hits way too many ground balls. Um, so that is definitely something to be wary of with him. Um, so I like the comp in the sense that they make similar contact. They they they're probably sort of projected in the same sort of stolen base range. Um, Totally fine with it, and certainly at their ADPs, if the point you're driving at is Ahmed Rosario's a, a better value than Whit Merrifield, I would pretty much agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, mate, this is a value podcast. We may have to change the name of this because that's you know that's the that overriding is what, factor. That is fantasy baseball, though. I mean, in essence, what everyone should be doing is finding value. And that is what we're doing. That is the sport. You know, that's the game. There it is. Mate, this segue is extraordinary. We, we couldn't have drawn it up any better because I want to give you, the listeners, I mean, not you, because you, you already know this because, you know, you've played this game a long time. But the next player I want to get into, and he's in bold in my, in my rankings and my list here, is Max Muncy. So, Max Muncy, ADP of round about 75 at the moment. Um, you have to you highlight feeling... the gems to these guys, don't you? Like, you have to like bring up the guys that are just ridiculously undervalued and, and tell them all the secrets of like winning the leagues. Yeah, That's what that's we're insane. here for, isn't it? So I, I shouldn't say that so begrudgingly. Of, of course, let, let's tell them all how great Max Muncy is. Is that where we're going with this? We're going to have to. <laughs> we really have to because he is awesome for uh, you know at that range he is he is awesome um it sounds like you feel similar if not the same <laughs> i have max, a look, right? i have a love for max muncie that <laughs> that goes beyond normality really it's not normal um he he doesn't make great contact but he doesn't have to because when he does he hits it incredibly hard and incredibly far he he is for some reason, he plays on the Dodgers, which is a sexy team, but he is not a sexy name in baseball. He is, and perhaps that's because there's other names around him, you know, like Bellinger and Betts this year, and even other guys like Justin Turner and Gavin Lux and other guys that just seem to get a bit more attention. And, you know, Muncy just sort of, he 
just fades into the background. No one likes a guy called Max. It's three letters. Who cares? There's only one vowel, mm. two consonants. Who cares? Max. <laughs> Listen, silly ginger beard and all the rest of it. This is a guy with serious power, and he is a very, very good baseball player. Explain yeah. to me how he's going where he is in drafts. I don't know. Exactly. What a question. Mate, the, the way you're segueing here and leading this part is, is awesome. This is why you're, you're the, the higher paid host on this, uh, on this part, um, for sure. But I, you, you know me, I'm not a numbers guy. I, I'm a gut feel guy. You, you know, we're starting to make it starting to become clear. Your numbers, I'm gut. We combine it and we somehow spit something out. Anyway, I did some numbers, would you believe? And I was trying to do some comparisons because I looked at Muncy and I thought, wow, his numbers are awesome for where he's going. You know, let's try and find a similar-ish type player in terms of production higher up the board. Who did I land on? Your man, Bryce Harper. Lying around about... (laughs) He's your man. It's a reference. You know, he's a Phillies Phillies fan. He's a man. Okay. It is. It is. Sorry. Yeah. Of course. We've we've taken your Phillies cap off for this podcast. Um, you know, yep. my Marlins cap never leaves. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll cover that later. But Bryce is going fifty spots higher than than Max, give or take. Um, and when I look at their production in in twenty nineteen, it's very very similar. You know, home runs wise, average wise, RBIs. Bryce was you know fifteen more. Um, but you know, there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, Max had you know 100 fewer at bats, so you know, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, yeah. you know, like, even yeah, the strikeouts like are pretty comp. similar too. I like the comp, I like, and, and you know, you mentioned in production, which is fine, you're sort of looking at what they did. If we go into the underlying stats again, this is why I'm trying to get the listeners to go now, I'm trying to get them to sort of start thinking, okay, Pete's mentioned home runs, stolen bases, whatever it is, batting average. Mm-hmm. Let's go and have a look at the underlying stats because that's where you're going to see whether what they're doing is real or not, okay? So, actually, Muncy and Harper, contact percentage, which you hear me mentioning a lot, exactly the same, 69%. And that is not good. That go. these, are, these are not guys that are contact hitters. But that's okay because <laughs> when they do make contact, <laughs> they hit it very hard, very far, and they got a lot of muscle behind it. So... The, the, it's a good comp. It is a good comp. The, the one area that, that they sort of change a little bit is Bryce would probably, off, well, definitely offer you a bit more speed on the base pads because yeah. he's a little younger and he's a, quite a lot more athletic in terms of his running ability. So, and that sort of, that does sort of help his batting average as well a little bit because if you can run out a few extra singles, it helps your batting average. And, you know, so yeah. I think there's a reason why Harper is sort of more valuable than Muncie, um, mm-hmm. but Muncie's not far behind, and I like the comp. Yeah, awesome. Well, there you go. That's my first comp of the year, so that was that was fun. Well, I, you I just... compared Merrifield to Rosario, but I just poo-pooed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. That, <laughs> your that first successful full... comp of the year. <laughs> that's what you meant to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that comp. Anyway, I... Uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 sticking with both of them comps. If Whit Merrifield steals 20 bases again next year, he'll have pretty much the same season as Ahmed Rosario. I actually I've no idea if Rosario is going to be playing as much. If I'm completely honest. So anyway, let's move on from from these comps. Um, either way, 
really the main takeaway is Max Muncie is awesome and um, is way undervalued at, at 75, if indeed that's what he is. Mookie Betts getting on base as well. Oh, my days. Things are getting silly in that lineup. It's going to be crazy. The, Dodger, the Dodgers in general could just be naughty. Although, of course, as we know, Bellinger's going to be busting, um, as I've already highlighted. So, um, right. Conscious of the time, mate. We're, we're right up against it. Um, I had another comp, but I'm going to save it for the shortstop uh, seg and the, the, the shortstop pods that's going to follow uh, later this week. So we'll, we'll park that one. No spoilers, but it, it is a good one. And it's already covering one player that you really, really like, as you outlined earlier. So let's park that. Just some real quick ones, mate. Just some, some quick takes. Um, speaking about the Mets, Jeff McNeil, uh, on-base machine last year. Crazy. Crazy on-base. Um, but most of the other stats were a little bit vanilla for me. What, what's your thoughts on him, mate? Are you Are you interested in him... Yeah, he's all. He's like the sort of opposite of Muncie and Harper, if you like, in the sense that he makes really good contact, but doesn't have too much power. Um, so, do I think he can hit 300 again? Yeah, I do. And in fact, I'm almost expecting Jeff McNeil to hit 300 again. I think he's a really, really good baseball player, and I love watching him. You know, I, I, I can't. I can't admit too much how much I like watching McNeil and Conforto and those guys, but I do. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sort of expecting him to suddenly hit 40 home runs. I don't think that's part of his game, but he's um, he's got a really great approach at the plate. And if you're in leagues yeah. that sort of, um, if you're in leagues that reward walks, um, then, yeah, he, he takes another leap forward. So, yeah, Jeff McNeil, um, great baseball player. Okay. Okay. Stalin Castro. Um, change of scenery, which should be a huge uptick um, from the Marlins to the Nats. Um, are you interested in Stalin from a deeper perspective? You know, you, you maybe miss out on a few other guys or you're looking at middle infielders or I don't know, you you're looking for some some later round options. Is he of interest to you? He had a really yeah. impressive second half for the Marlins. As soon as the trade deadline kind of went, yeah. he was with the Marlins. He, he lit it up. Yeah, I think I think the juiced ball definitely helped that guy a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, he makes good contact. But he, here's what I wrote: I when I do these projections, I sort of. I write down their stats on Excel from last season. I project stats in my own sort of unique way on my Excel spreadsheet. And then I have a notes section and I sort of make my own notes. And it, and it just reads two words, consistently average. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of sums up Castro. Um, it, I then go on to write, nothing wrong with that, stays healthy, good contact percentage, um, but, you know, the power is capped. And that's him, you know. You get these guys in baseball that just put up pretty similar numbers every single season, and he's very useful to whatever sort of real-life team he's on. Um, but is he useful to me? Not really. And, you know, he's much of a muchness, really. Yeah, interesting. I, I like him. Um, I think I think there is value there. Maybe deeper league elements. I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see how he does. You know, in a, in a much better lineup, let's say, than he's he's been in the last couple of years. So we'll see. Um, another ex-Marlin, uh, D. Gordon. 
we started with steals. We'll end with steals. Um, is okay, you sure? Gordon... Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. They, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It, it, is is he still a viable fantasy option? It, is he actually even? Well, was he ever? <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, I, yeah. Not in OPS leagues. Um. Of course he was. Um. Oh, he makes good contact. He always has, actually. You know, I, I, he he's a weird one in that he he does sort of um, put bat on ball for a speedster, but there's just no power whatsoever and never has been. Um, and again, so we mentioned it earlier with Merrifield, didn't we? You know, 32 years old now. He, he hits 53% ground balls, no power. The speed's not going to be there forever. It's certainly not at the level that it was in sort of 2015, 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And... At this point, you know, he's had leg injuries. That hurts his sprint speed. I don't even trust... I mean, where is he? Is he on, is in Seattle? I don't even trust that Seattle are going to play him every day. In fact, I'm pretty sure they won't. Um, yeah, it, I, if you want to draft D. Gordon and sort of think he's going to steal 60 again, be my guest. Mm, well, the ADP is around about 275. Really? So... About, well, I mean, n- no is my answer. No, thank you. It'd have to be about 600, and in by that I mean like waiver wires, and I'm desperate for speed at the end of the season or something, and he's still alive somehow. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I hope he's I'm... still alive. That wasn't like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hope so for D's sake and uh, for everyone else's. But yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that D Gordon, going back to a point you made earlier, he's a name. Stolen bases are hard to come by. And um, he's a name. Someone will pick him up. Someone will draft him. Someone yeah. will, will, will bid for him just yeah. because... They'll enjoy his two home runs. And when he hits them, they'll cheer. And <laughs> No, I'm joking. Yeah, um, no. They're, they're, this is the point. Why would you put that on your roster? I mean, he's going to hurt you so much in the power section. He, he, you know, he's not going to kill your average, but he's, no. he's giving you nothing in terms of home runs. So I just don't understand, you know go and get your speed elsewhere from guys that can also at least give you 10 or 12 home runs, you know? Fair enough. I, I think that's fair. This this could be, you know, he's off the cliff, let's say. He's the done. He's booked. Put a fork in him. A fork. Fork him. There we go. Pete <laughs> Gordon, he's, he's been forked. He'll um, prove me wrong. Good luck to him. He will. I'm drafting him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ryan Owen. Uh, that was awesome, mate. That was that was rapid fire. We we covered plenty of ground there. Second base, to me, in summary, is is deep, but not as top heavy as maybe it looks from the outside looking in. So there's plenty of there's plenty of value there, and we haven't even had time to touch on loads of other guys. But anyway, you know, it's a listener podcast. You've taken it in the direction that you wanted, so. We thank you for that. Keep them coming. Ryan, that's it for the second base preview. We'll we'll be on to shortstop very, very shortly. Um, we thank the listeners. Please do get in touch. Uh, we'll be reaching out looking for, for questions for third base as well in the next couple of days. So hit us up on that. Um, and we will be back very soon. Ryan, thanks so much, mate. It was very fun. A pleasure. And, uh, pleasure. We'll speak soon.